Ladies and gentlemen, the Cowboys are finalizing a deal with wide receiver coach Robert Prince, and that might mean a lot for Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. We'll dive into that tonight on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you guys for tuning in. Also, as every Monday, starting last week, if I'm not mistaken, we're, we're taking a look at mock drafts around the NFL each week, and I have the Cowboys taking the edge rusher on one in the first round. So we will also talk about that. Also, Des Bryant getting a shout out in the Super Bowl media week. We'll talk about that too. And maybe if we have time, I will talk to you about the random rabbit hole that I went to this morning regarding NFL history, including one statistic that I believe is the ultimate statistic to make fun of the Washington football franchise so if i forget about it please someone remind me of it as we near the end of the show later tonight thank you guys for joining the show i'm excited about tonight's show more than i am about the rest of the shows usually this one is likely going to be interesting i i, I am i was really looking forward to tonight's show thank you stevie mac for being here in the chat and reminding people to hit the like button and share the show burner account says mo i'm still not ready for the draft if you if you have noticed this we have been at least here on prime time i have been easing you guys a little bit into it because also just like burner account here i wasn't ready for the draft either just a few days ago before the senior bowl but the senior bowl really got me into the draft mood so little by little we'll start introducing some draft topics here on the show also, what is up, Peter Rizzo? Chuck, what is up? Asking for the Cowboys to trade Moore and Greg Sorline, I'd see. Uh, Dallas Junk, thank you for being here on the show. Guys, do me a favor. Hit the like button. Of course, it's for the algorithm. You guys know that. Uh, share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. If you don't mind, I will skip the video intro. So let's get right into it. If you have not, please check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys articles and more Mavericks articles. And I will just say hello again for those who are just tuning in. Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Tonight on the show, we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys' most recent hire. The Cowboys are reportedly finalizing a deal with wide receiver coach Robert Prince. Now, that might not sound like a very big deal because, you know, it's a wide receiver coach and maybe sometimes we kind of don't make too much out of those position hires, even though they're obviously important. The question in the chat right now is, is Robert Prince's connection to Boise State a no-deal small deal or big deal because I think and we'll get into this I, I think that the Cowboys recent hire of Robert Prince is actually kind of a big deal because he's connected to Boise State but I'm looking forward to seeing if you guys agree so if you're watching on the Facebook chat or the YouTube chat let me know about your thoughts. Is Robert Prince's connection to Boise State a no deal, small deal, or big deal? Let me know what you think. And for those of you who don't know Robert Prince, and I for sure 
had to look up a lot of stuff this morning to kind of figure out whether this was important or not. And my big conclusion out of that early research is, you know what? To me, this is a big deal. Robert Prince was with the Houston Texans in 2021. He has been with the Jaguars. He has been with, I think, the Seahawks. He has been with the Detroit Lions when Kellen Moore was there as a player, when he was the backup quarterback of the Lions. But he also has a lot of history with Boise State. And you know that the Dallas Cowboys love their connections to Boise State. Steve B. Mack says, little deal, he has done some good work with receivers in Detroit. There was actually this weird stat that I found that in 2016, the Lions had five receivers, five different players with over 50 receptions in the season. And that was only the fifth time in NFL history that that had happened. So good fact from uh, Robert Prince over there when he was with Detroit. Peter Rizzo says that it's a small deal. Uh, Chalk says no deal. He just connected to Moore. No deal, says Jeffrey Jones. Uh, Burner account says big deal means that Mike McCarthy didn't get to pick his staff again. All right. So I, I agree with people saying that it is a big deal in the Facebook chat and in the YouTube chat. Here is why. This is Robert Prince's history with the Boise State Broncos. From 2001 to 2002, he worked with as a wide receiver coach. And Chris Peterson was involved in that staff. Chris Peterson, who was the head coach of Kellen Moore when he was in Boise State. In 2003, he was the passing game coordinator. 2011, by this time, th this is after, you know, a brief stint maybe from Robert Prince into other teams, including in the NFL. 2011, he was a wide receiver coach for Chris Peterson when he was already the head coach. 2011, by the way, was the final year for Kellen Moore as a quarterback with the Boise State Broncos. And finally, after that, 2012 and 2013, Robert Prince was the offensive coordinator once again for Chris Peterson. After that, 2014 is the year in which Peterson left Boise to go coach the Washington Huskies, and that is when their relationship ended. But this is why I believe that this hire is actually the Cowboys kind of empowering Kellen Moore. And here is why. Up to this point, Kellen Moore really hadn't gotten a chance to maybe choosing someone to help his offense. We know that Kellen Moore is the offensive architect of the Dallas Cowboys. He installs the offense, he calls the plays, but he had never brought in someone of his camp maybe. And we had seen, someone mentioned, a uh, burner account did, we had seen McCarthy picking his staff sometimes, and he did so, for example, with Joe Philbin, but we hadn't gotten someone from the Kellen Moore side of things within this coaching staff that knows Chris Peterson's offenses, that knows what Kellen Moore might want to do offensively speaking. So I think this is quite a little bit of a big deal, to be honest, because this is Kellen Moore picking his guy, in my opinion. And it is not a coincidence that this hire was reported one day after the Miami Dolphins chose Mike McDaniel to be their next head coach, taking Kellen Moore out of the running. 
So if you are Kellen Moore and you're bringing in someone that knows what you're trying to do offensively because he has worked with you and he has worked with your mentor or maybe biggest influence, which is Chris Peterson. And I do believe Chris Peterson might be Kellen Moore's biggest influence. This is all part of a Kellen Moore hire. And I think that's actually important because you might ask, and I think that Bernard Account has a good point on that comment. He says big deal, but he's seeing it from the point of view that says, uh, means Mike McCarthy didn't get to pick his staff. But if you're talking about the offense specifically, should it be Mike McCarthy picking his staff? Or should it be Kellen Moore picking his guy? Because it's Kellen Moore's offense. It's not Mike McCarthy's offense. It is not. We know that. McCarthy doesn't install the offense. He doesn't call the plays. He might have some input there for Kellen Moore. But this is Kellen Moore's offense. So I kind of like a little bit that this is a Kellen Moore hire. I kind of like that maybe this is Kellen Moore bringing his guy who can help him out when he runs into issues because he knows the offense that Kellen Moore wants to run. Because we've talked about this play collection side of things for Kellen Moore and the lack of a scheme and all of that. Plenty of Kellen Moore's ideas come from his time as a player with Boise State. So I kind of think that I like this, this hire by the Dallas Cowboys. Devontae Griffin says, why do we always overrate Kellen Moore? We had a lengthy discussion about that last night in case you want to check it out here on primetime. Fernando Quintana, what is up? He asks the important question, right? Getting down to the point. Could this move make a better offense for the Cowboys? I think so. And shout out to David Howman from Logging the Boys. He had an article kind of art, kind of pointing out Doug Peterson saying that he had some guys when he was maybe a little bit stuck calling the plays and all of that, that he had his guys on his coaching staff that took him out of those cold streaks or out of those, maybe I'm going to use the writer's block term and apply it to play calling, his play callings block when he was not really thinking right. And he had his guys to take him out of those streaks, those cold streaks. I think Kellen Moore has never had that guy. And that is actually the argument that David was making on his blog in the boys post. And, and he might be right. I, I agree with that. So I think, I think this is a actually a solid hire by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Jason says we need a run game coordinator for sure. Yeah. I, I think, you know, this whole Robert Prince conversation definitely doesn't impact the Cowboys run game a lot, but I agree with Jason because Dennis is also asking, will this hire, will this hire fix our running game too? I don't think so. That I don't think. However, hey, if it's helping out Kellen Moore's play calls and you know the overall install of the offense, it might. In the indirectly, it might. You never know. Dallas Young says Texans only has 13 drops last year, so that's a good thing. Kenny Galladay had a lot of success under Robert Prince as a wide receiver too. Let's see. I have never heard of a team hiring a head coach who inherits an offensive coordinator, and that offensive coordinator gets to get his staff. Now, Burner, having said that, I see your point. But wouldn't you agree 
with what I said earlier. If this is Kellen Moore's offense, who should be getting the hires for his own offense? Should it be McCarthy, who doesn't install the offense, who doesn't call the plays, or should it be the offensive architect of the team? I think it's a fair question. Because I understand Burner Account's frustration with the way the team is run in general terms. But I honestly look at this and I feel better about Kellen Moore picking the staff for his offense than McCarthy picking the staff for somebody else's offense. Because that's what it is right now. So I kind of... I. I what do you guys think in the chat? Do you guys like Moore picking his own team? Because he might say, he might have a say in, like McCarthy might have a say on the hire. But if Kellen Moore, you know, lays out his case and the team agrees with it, why not? I kind of like this hire. Uh, Ryan, what is up? Thank you for joining the show. Ryan is asking, do you think the Cowboys should trade for Jordan Love? As a running back. What? <laughs> Ryan, no, I don't think so. I, I think he would be quite expensive. Oh, wait. Jordan Love. Am I am I confusing the names here? Jordan Love, the running back. Oh, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind getting some running back help. But now, nah, you know, you have Tony Pollard. I don't think that you should trade assets for that. I know that Jordan Love was expected to be. Wait, are, are they both named Jordan Love? I'm. I'm you know, I'm mind blown right now. I hadn't, wasn't it Bryce Love, the running back, or is Ryan just trolling me with the quarterback conversation over at the, with the Green Bay Packers? Looking forward to seeing if Jordan Love ever gets a chance at playing with the Packers. Stevie Max says, if it makes you feel better, I actually think Price is a good upgrade over our previous wide receiver coach. He has off coordinator, offensive coordinator experience, and even was a head coach for a game last year as well. That is actually true. T. Sila says, you make a great point. If this is Kellen Moore's offense, why not let him bring in the guys he likes, which I'm cool with, and I'm sure McCarthy is fine with it too. Yeah, Dallas Jung says, he's just trolling. All right, I get it. I, I was, I, for a moment, I was thinking that Bryce Love from Stanford had the same name. Like, I, I was confused there for a moment with the comments. So, hey, the trolling worked out for Ryan. That's a 10 out of 10 for Ryan's trolling. So, respect to him. Uh, keep some faith on Kellen, says Fernando Quintana. This is something that I agree with. And, again, last night, we discussed it a little bit more in depth in case you guys want to check that episode of Primetime out. Overall, I feel good about I feel good about the hire, to be honest. Mo says Brian account. Do you think McCarthy would keep Moore if he was allowed to fire him? That's a good question. And a question that I really don't know the answer to. Hmm. Of course, there's no way of knowing this, but I kind of feel like McCarthy is quite okay with the situation going on. With the Cowboys. I think that after all of the issues with the offense when he was with the Packers, I think he was actually okay with letting McCarthy, with letting Kellen Moore remain the play caller and the overall offensive architect of the team. Might be in the minority there, but I think he's okay with it. 
maybe deep down he wants to call the plays and he wants to be the offensive mastermind. Really don't know. Really don't know. Coach Mike needs to step in to Jason, but wait, Jerry said no. Anyways, that being said, I like that. That is not the case. Like, we know whether or not McCarthy would keep Moore or not if he was allowed to fire him. That's not the case. We know that is not the case. So given the circumstances, hey, I'm all for Kellen Moore picking his guys. I, I really am. Anyways, guys, let's move on. Let's move on to the mock draft segment of the show. Every Monday, we'll take a look at some mock drafts that are going on around the NFL, around some important websites, and we'll discuss the Cowboys pick. This is more or less to give us an idea of what the possibilities are, especially because the Cowboys are going to pick at 24 overall. So maybe last year, this exercise wouldn't make a lot of sense if we only focused on the first round, because we would be saying Patrick Sortain, Michael Parsons, week after week after week. I think that the fact that the Cowboys pick 24th overall will give some will give the mock drafts for the Cowboys a lot of different flavors, some different positions, some different schools, small school guys, big school guys. So we'll talk about them all here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime on a weekly basis. And this week we have Joe Marino's mock draft from ddraftnetwork.com. I picked this one because I wanted a mock draft that was put together after the Senior Bowl. I wanted that on, on whichever mock draft that I chose. And actually, it is quite a different pick than the ones that we have been seeing in most mocks for the Cowboys. Now, according to Joe Marino, the Dallas Cowboys with the 24th overall pick are selecting none other than George Kroleftis, edge rusher from Purdue. Right off the bat, here goes the question. Gut reaction, great this week's mock draft pick from Joe Marino from the draftnetwork.com in case you want to check it all out. Now, George Kerlaftkis is maybe not a top need for the Cowboys in terms of the position. However, this would be kind of a steal by the Cowboys. According to a lot of prospect rankings, George Kerlaftkis is ranked way higher than 24th. In fact, Daniel Jeremiah's NFL Network Top 50 ranks him as the 14th best player in the draft. Some of their, of his strengths, according to different draft reports that I was looking at earlier today, George Kerlaftkis is a great player in terms of size, in terms of power. One of his issues might be arm length, maybe a little bit short for the NFL in terms of, of his arm length. And the pro comparison that Daniel Jeremiah had on his ranking for him is none other than Ryan Kerrigan. And I'm not going to lie. I know maybe we're not allowed to say this in a Cowboys community, but I am all for, but I am all for, uh, for Ryan Kerrigan. I think he, he was a great player, and I think I was a fan of his, to be honest. Was he the best player available, says Burner Account. And I knew that this question was coming. So I took some notes. I took some notes and, you know, fun fact about me, I'm kind of a handwriting kind of uh, note taker. So 
George Kaleftis was taken 24th by the Cowboys in this mock draft. And these are some notable, noteworthy players. Zion Johnson was already taken, the offensive guard that stood out in the Senior Bowl. Tyler Linderbaum was already taken as well, the center from Iowa. Linebacker Devin Lloyd from Utah was already taken. The one player that I feel Cowboys Nation might have liked better is Nakobe Dean. I was actually surprised because Joe Marino left Nakobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, out of his first round. So seeing some of your answers, C- is Stevie Mack. He is not NFL ready yet because of his lack of strength. Uh, Stephen White says, if he's not 6'6", <laughs> no, I don't think he's 6'. No, he, he, let me see real quick if I can find his size real quick. Because his size is considered a strength. He is, let me see if I can get, get it here somewhere. He is 6'4", according to Wikipedia, which is the, the, the fastest source that I could find. He is 6'4", but actually his strength is seen as a strength, at least by Daniel Jeremiah. C-, minus C says Dallas Young. I think that he has a high floor, but I would like to get someone with a little bit more upside, just in my opinion. This guy is too short and not a big-ass run stopper, says Donnie Collins. Trevon Walker or Nicobe Dean says Ryan Doyle. I think in this mock draft, I'm not entirely sure. I think that Trevon Walker was already uh, was already taken. So yeah, according to ESPN 275, someone is asking for his weight. I would like an edge rusher. Listen, if 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 the Cowboys cannot address the oh. Kenyon Green was also taken, by the way. If the Cowboys cannot address offensive line with some of those players, specifically Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, and Tyler Linderbaum, who I also love, is not available. Devin Lloyd either. I wouldn't mind taking George. Like I, I like that pick, and I think it was an original one from Joe Marino and a different possibility that maybe not many are talking about. So we will talk more about him over the week, I believe, here on adcsports.com. You don't draft a finished product, says Burner Account. It's what you think you can become. I trust Dan Quinn when it comes to defensive players. Now, if the Cowboys are not able to, you know, keep Randy Gregory around, then I think that picks becomes way sexier for the Cowboys. I know, of course, you always want the BPA, and I think that, if he is over there at 24th, overall, he might be the best player available. I know that according to Daniel Jeremiah's rankings, he was the best player available for the Cowboys at 24th. Uh, Burner account says, honestly, if the board took out that way, I would trade down Mo. Now, this is something that I always say because I also like the idea of trading down most of the time. However, I've, I kind of feel like 9 out of 10 times that we talk about trading down, the possibilities for a trade down are not really there. Like, I think that most of the time, you need to be in a spot in which quarterbacks are available, which might be the case with such a weird QB class in 2021. But I think it's always 
way easier said, said than done when it comes to trade downs. Because I think that once draft season rolls around, you can take any of the 32 NFL teams, you can put that name on Google and then add trade down, and you will see articles on each and every one of the teams asking for a trade down, at least one article about it. So it's always easier said than done. I would never mind a trade down, of course, depending on how the board looks, who's available, who's not available. But most of the time, I have, I have this feeling that it's never that easy. Let's see. Why at the defensive tackle from Georgia should be in consideration for the number 24 pick as well. Uh, let's see. Jason says, check out Green from Aggie and the LSU guy. Both were taken in Joe Marino's NFL draft. Well, I'm guessing that by LSU guy, do you, did you mean Stingley? Derek Stingley from LSU? If that is the case, he was taken. And I think he will be taken like earlier. After the year Anthony Brown had, his corner is still a need, says Mr. Woods. Well, I might be in the minority here. But I think you, you can never have too many cornerbacks. And I, I'm all for taking a cornerback whenever one is available. If he's the best player available. Now, I know we want to put a lot of stock on Anthony Brown's year. But I, what is his contract year? And Jordan, he's a player that you can move on easily. I think it's not out of the question that the Cowboys trade Anthony Brown this offseason, for example, especially after Jordan Lewis deal in which it makes it a little bit harder. I mean, both, you can move on from both maybe, but Anthony Brown's contract situation is way easier. So I wouldn't rule out taking a, a cornerback if one is available and he is the best player available. Anyways, before we move on, and maybe we have time to share that, that story that I want to share with you guys, I went down a random rabbit hole in my research this morning, and I was having a lot of fun. I actually put out a thread on Twitter about it. You can follow me at MAUNFL, that's M-A-U-N-F-L, but it was in Spanish, because as, as you will see, if you look for me on Twitter, the number one line in my Twitter bio is bilingually tweeting the NFL. So I put out a lot of tweets in Spanish. You can translate them automatically. And if it doesn't give you the option and you ask me to translate it, I for sure will try to get to it. But this was a long thread about a random story. I will get to that in a moment. Just before we get into that, Des Bryant got a random shout out in the Super Bowl media week. In case you guys didn't see that, Jamar Chase was asked by the media if there was one wide receiver that he modeled his game after. And he talked about some players. He mentioned Stefan Diggs, for example. But he did say, the main guy that I was looking at was Des Bryant. And I wrote an article about it over at adcsports.com and I was taking a look at, I was taking a look at some of the numbers and man this question popped right into my head is Des Bryant's career underrated or overrated in Cowboys history now I want to say that what Jamar Chase said about Des Bryant makes a ton of sense think about what Jamar Chase said and think about how he plays and the number one thing that jumps out when watching Jamar Chase play is he's strong and he is physical. 
the frame might be a little bit different for the two players, but they are both physical. They're both involved in a lot of 50-50 balls, for example. Jamar Chase wins consistently in those. And Des Bryant, on his prime, he really was... Man, spoiler alert for my answer. I think that Des Bryant's career is a bit underrated, to be honest. I know it was not long. I know it was not the longest career in NFL history. But that Des Bryant that we saw from 2010 to 2014, that has been one of the most dominant wide receivers that I've seen. And man, his numbers were actually quite insane. I was putting this article together and let me see if I can find it quickly. I pulled out from profootballreference.com, pulled out the average stats for Des Bryant between 2011, which was his second year in the league, to 2014, which was, no, T. <laughs> I said C <laughs> in Spanish, just like thinking out loud. <laughs> between 2011, second year in the NFL, to 2014, which was his most dominant season. And here are his average numbers. 84 catches, 1,000 216 yards, 12.5 touchdowns, and 14 and a half yards per reception. That's an average number over the course of four seasons. It is not, it is hard to have those numbers in a single year. Now imagine being that successful throughout four different years. And if you take a look at his numbers from 2014, that was so dominant. That was one of the best seasons that we have seen from a receiver like maybe ever. Now, Jamar Chase, he had 81 catches as a rookie, 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns, and an insane 18 yards per reception. Underrated, says Stevie Mack, another guy that Garrett and Jerry held back. Hey, I'm surprised that not a lot of people say, <laughs> say overrated. Squatch says, sorry, man. Always give you a thumbs down because your accent bothers me. Imagine being Squatch. Imagine being a guy that will give you a thumbs down just because the accent of a host bothers you. Hey, guys, give me a solid makeup for that. Give me a, a, a thumbs up. Give the show a like button just to make up for Squatch. You know, I, don't, I was going to say a bad word, but, I, but I'm not. <laughs> Make up for it. Squatch, respectfully. Uh, sorry, man, but I think that sucked. Underrated, says Chuck Pridgen. Let's see. For wearing, for wearing number 88, says Burner Account. Overrated. Adrian Gutierrez is underrated as well. Let's see. Team Hall, underrated. Uh, let's see. Cactus with a thumbs up. <laughs> Chuck says he's a hater, giving you a thumbs down. Yeah, like, hey, I'm not going to lie. I... I always am weirded out by people that actually take the time to to put to give you a thumbs down. Like if I don't like something, I usually just, you know, close the video or something like that. <laughs> Squatch must be part of it. <laughs> Stephen Mack, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Tommy says, why would you say that? Shake my head. You're the man, Mo. Thank you to Tommy. Always supporting the shows. <laughs> thank you, guys. Just had to bring it up. That comment, uh, you know, gained my attention. Now, by the way, I, will, I missed 
a comment that I wanted to read from Adrián Gutierrez that said, let me see if I can find it. Mauricio looks older than Kellen. <laughs> I don't think I do, but I love it. Thank you, Adrián. Uh, all right. Anyways, thank you to Ryan as well. Thank you to Ryan. I appreciate you guys. So yeah, that was a random shout out for Des Bryant and I loved it. And man, Des was truly dominant and it makes a lot of sense to me that Jamar Chase was is actually modeling his game after after this and he he really was dominant and in my opinion an underrated wide receiver all right guys overtime for those of you who are still here in the show let me talk to you this is random and this is not a part of my outline for the show but i find i found something out i found something about the nfl that i didn't know at all i had no clue that this was a thing, even in the 70s. And you know, we've had a lot of conversations about the Pro Bowl. We've had a lot of those conversations about how boring it is, how you could fix it. So, someone, even here in the chat, someone said, have the worst team in the NFL play college football team. And this happened on Thursday, I believe. I don't remember who it was, but if you're watching, thank you for that suggestion. Turns out, and maybe a lot of people already know this, but I didn't, and I'm sure that a lot of people don't either. From 1934 to 1976, there was something that was called the College All-Star Classic. This was a game in which an all-star selection from college football played not the worst team in the NFL. No, no, no. It played the NFL's champion. How crazy is that? I didn't know. I didn't have a clue that this was a thing. Between 1934 all the way to 1976. And just for, you know, a, a bit of quick context, 1934, maybe a lot of you guys know this, but in those times, college football was way bigger than the NFL. NFL teams and NFL clubs were struggling to survive even. Some, you know, popped into the league and then, disappeared after a few years because of financial problems and all of that. In the meantime, college football was crazy. And there is this guy that was called Arch Ward, and he is responsible for putting together the first ever all-star major league baseball game. And he was asked by the Chicago Tribune, the newspaper, he was asked to put together another sports exhibition that could be as popular. And he called, well, I don't know if he called, or he met with George Hallis, pioneer for pro football from the Chicago Bears. I'm sure you know him. Uh, he, he talked to him about this idea, and George Hallis liked the idea because he saw it, he saw the potential of it maybe driving growth in the NFL. Because in those times, maybe the Chicago Bears were drawing, were drawing about an average crowd of 5,000 people. The first ever college football classic, all-star classic, featured or received, hosted 79,000 people in attendance. I was blown away by this. This was quite crazy. And I actually have some information here that I wanted to share with you. Again, I put together an entire thread about it on Twitter. It's in Spanish, but in case you want to check it out and translate it little by little, uh, it's, it's a fun thing. Here are some facts that I found about this story. 31 times the NFL champion won. 
That means that 99 different times, nine different years, actually, the all-star college football team ended up with the win. That first game in 1934, those 79,000 people, they witnessed a 0-0 game. And what really cracked me up is that here's what the newspaper said. And I have the picture of the newspaper here. Maybe you cannot, uh, I should have uploaded this picture. I suck. I know. All-stars battle burst to 0-0 tie. That is the headline for the newspaper. And then the subtitle is 79,000. This is a 0-0 tie. Again, this is what the subtitle says. 79,432 trunk streets, trunk trilling football game, <laughs> a zero and zero tie. And then we have another call out that says college players miss two place kicks. <laughs> How awesome is that? <laughs> How awesome is that? Now, some more information about it. Uh, you know, that 79,000 number to put it into context, it was almost triple what the NFL championship game from a year before had seen. How crazy is that too? Ended up disappearing. This game ended up disappearing because of financial troubles. 1976, think about the context. This was years after the merger. This was in the Super Bowl era. The Super Bowl was just beginning. And of course, pro football had taken over. So financials were a problem now and it ended up disappearing. Now, some interesting facts. The Green Bay Packers are the team that played the most games in this college football all-star classic. They went 6-2, and two, and here we go. The Washington Redskins played twice, and they went 0-2 versus the college football all-star selections. 0-2. I don't know about you, but that I've been laughing all day long about that stat. I know it's because of a lot of reasons, but I thought that was pretty interesting. The Dallas Cowboys played in one, by the way. It was in 1972, and the Cowboys ended up winning that one. 1976, you know who was the MVP of this game? The MVP always belonged to the college football uh, team. It was none other. I'm sure that many of you guys know this name, Ray Guy. The first ever pure punter inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Who? I was, man, I, I was blown away by this story. And I was reading some PDFs and old newspaper pictures. I was having fun this morning. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Mo, was it Constitution Day in Mexico today? It was on, what was it, Saturday? We had the Constitution Day, 5th of, of February, but it, you know, the, the free day, the holiday is always pushed into the following Monday. So yeah, it was, Ryan. Thank you for that. Fun fact, another fun fact, turns out I'm, full, uh, I'm filled with fun facts today. Uh, before the 17-game schedule for the NFL, it always... The Super Bowl weekend was always the weekend of the Constitution Day in Mexico, which meant that each and every one of our Mondays, the day after the Super Bowl, were always a national holiday. People don't have to go to work. People don't have to go to school. So we always called it like the Super Bowl holiday just as a, as an, as a joke here in Mexico. But now 
we don't have that free Monday because now the Super Bowl is one week after that. So yeah, Mexico fans absolutely hated that that move by the NFL. <laughs> NFL teams, says Mr. Kima, and destroyed those college all-stars. Yes, here in Mexico, we have a day off, says Elio Varela. Shout out to Elio who is watching the show. Pro Bowl and this game are fine after the season is over, says Stephen White. I would have loved to see the, the college football all-star games because it sounds like in those times, you know, the players were actually playing tackle football. And of course, it had to do a lot with player salaries and all of that. For example, I saw one quote from this newspaper. I think it was the Bulletin in, in, in 1976. And this is a quote from NFL Commissioner Pete Russell. The college all-star game played a major role in promoting the growth of the National Football League. I regret it is no longer practical economically for the Chicago Tribune charities to sponsor it. Stephen White says, I live in El Paso, must have an Hispanic accent. Some Hispanics have never spoken Spanish. Accents stop some people from the message. Glad I'm not them. Oh, Stephen White, that's a great comment, man. I really appreciate it. And man, uh, it was way more difficult when I first started doing this show. And I feel like, it. Uh, you know, I've gotten a little bit better <laughs> speaking English for an entire show about the Dallas Cowboys. Let's see. There is a curse, says Tom Downey's burner account. Don't worry. We're about to close out the show. Don't worry. Uh, they took a championship form from the post-bill Maroons because they played a college team. Oh, and the NFL stripped them of the title. And I think this is from 1925. Burner account says, Mo, look at the 1925 championship controversy. TBDA, TDBA, I will do that. Trust me. That's probably what I will do before going to, to, to sleep tonight. Anyways, thank you guys. I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. As always, make sure you smash the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And also, for more Cowboys articles and more Mavericks articles, check out, shout out to Stevie Mac, adcsports.com slash Dallas. More Cowboys articles, more Mavericks articles. Check it out. We have a lot of writers there, and it's always fun to read what they have to say. Thank you, guys. I will see you tomorrow. I'm your primetime host, Mauricio Rodriguez, every Sunday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. See you, guys. Thank you for your support.